The following podcast is presented to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Panel Discussion, where we take old books, where we take new books, and review them. I am one of your three hosts, Matt Johnson, alongside... Greg Knowlton and, and Chris Gullo. Welcome to the show, and today's a very special edition. I'm super glad this is happening. I'm trying to make our network a much smaller place so we're all together, and we are joined by my friends from and co-hosts of the Push Start Podcast. I'll let them introduce themselves. It's your boy, see him, a.k.a. the nerd, a.k.a. the world heavyweight champion of live broadcast. What's up, everybody? <laughs> and... Ebony and Ivory live in perfect harmony. Cult Angel Double Trigger pulling all the goddamn switches. New caddy boy. <laughs> well, we just got way less cool. <laughs> Dude, I know. They have the best entrances. Like, I'm just like, hi, I'm Matt Johnson. And then Christian like comes in. And I'm like. <laughs> I mean, I got to keep that thunder rolling. You, you do. Know? You do. No, dude. This is uh, this is awesome. Like, It's so cool to see you guys here sitting together. And we're going to talk about something we all love. Comic books and some a crossover with all what we all love, video games. It just makes sense. It does. It does. Thanks so much for having us, guys. We really appreciate being here. No. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> we're glad to have you. Yeah, we're all... <laughs> yeah, it should be good. This should be a good time. Um, so, for our new listeners who may be listening from the you know GHU page or listen to the Push Start podcast regularly, what we do here is we... Uh, we kind of review, talk about, uh, summarize comic books, and we rate them on five categories. Art, action, story, dialogue, and rereadability. We score them out of ten, add them up, and they're a score. There's no really criteria for it. It's just kind of what we're feeling. And we all have uh, different tastes and whatnot. And actually, as we do with all guests, I do want to ask you guys, i got to ask. Uh, we'll start with you, Christian. Your favorite uh, comic book hero and villain, and maybe a reason why. Well, not to be too on the nose, but uh, anybody that knows me knows I love Batman. Yeah. My son's name is Grayson because of Dick Grayson. That's awesome. I'm a Batman mark. Awesome. So obviously, my favorite villain is the Joker. He completes me. (laughs) I I feel like I am those two people in one body. I can see that. So it just depends on what day. (laughs) On the weekends, I'm always the Joker because I'm at work. The journey's... (laughs) I know. And Caddy, how about you? Uh, me? Well, Christian uh, took my DC half because I got two heroes on, on both sides. You okay. Know, cause I was in, but they're like dualistic characters. But uh, my favorite character of all time is Spider-Man. Very good. Yeah. Very well, good. Yeah, the ultimate one. Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, what about a maybe a favorite comic book run we can add? Um, of all time, that's going to be too difficult. So Maybe I'm going to go with one, one recently. recently. Yes. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal. Dark Knight's Metal. It's, yeah. literally the, man. <laughs> it's literally the reason that I got back into me buying too. comic books. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Completely. It brought me right back to it. And the artwork, the covers are just, just like, oh. So good. Help. So good. Take my money now. <laughs> Christian stole mines. <laughs> Use my Batman voice. Batman Beyond voice. <laughs> this is Terry McGinnis after puberty. <laughs> But uh, uh, let me see. One of my favorite issues of comics is it has to be. uh, uh, Let me see. uh, uh, Damn. uh, 
Mm. You were telling Actually, about that Secret Wars one. Before. I was telling you that's one of them, but I have to give a shout out to this the uh, the uh, the comics that came out of After Metal with like Wonder Woman, where she had to battle the Dark Gods, the new Dark Gods from oh, the, the Dark the Multiverse. Hour. Yes, with the uh, with the Upside Down Man, and uh, I forgot what uh, the goddess was that commanded all the magic. I think it was like Hepata or something, or some one of them crazy ones. But Hepatitis. <laughs> Matt, you told me I had to keep it clean, so that was nice. <laughs> We're not that clean here. <laughs> Y'all don't want me to get into the uncensored. He, no, he gets, <laughs> you got to hear him swear. It's 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 quite my the show. comic book is kind of pornographic. <laughs> That's normal. That's pretty normal for you. I did, and I seen you get out the little curse word yesterday. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. <laughs> know what you're talking about uh <laughs> see this is the type of like interaction that i love uh our push start podcast airs every friday uh, on the bscbp radio network so make sure you check us out we'll remind you again at the end of the show but let's get into it today um and i'll start off i'll start off this week you just started off every week i think that's your new thing i think so <laughs> somebody's gotta wear the pants around here <laughs> i'm not wearing pants right now so it's fine <laughs> nor am i <laughs> This is my kind of party. <laughs> I'm sitting right next to them with walls. <laughs> of Jericho? Awesome. Of supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> of your side and my side. <laughs> Love it. All right. So, yes, as we said, this is going to be a video game-themed comic book. Uh, we're all going to review one book. My book, I just got it last week in the mail, and I read it. Instantly, it was really excited for it. It is Mortal Kombat Tournament Edition, number one, uh, Battle Finale. And it's, Mortal Kombat. I should. I should. I want to like. I love that theme. It, it, this. I mean, this book. Rated. <laughs> I love it. I could listen to that song for hours, and it's really cool. Um, some people don't know this. I say it sometimes, and people don't believe me. But uh, my great uncle is a fighting choreographer in Hollywood and he actually did the first Mortal Kombat movie. He was in karate he did he was the ref in karate kid and a bunch of other stuff, but um, Mortal Kombat was one of his projects that I was like, whoa, you know, this is he's he's big time. He's big time. This is like the first time I realized he did this. And it was cool seeing his name in the credits and all the pictures that followed of him in the movie. Um, but regardless, the comic book you know, this is really cool. I love the art style. Instantly the the, the cover grab you know Drew me in. It has. It's the old. Uh, there used to be a Mortal Kombat cartoon mm-hmm. back in the day, and, and the car, the art style looks just like that. How did I not know that? You it's didn't like know one that. Of the few things I, I feel like Ninja I've Turtles had... too. The the good Ninja Turtles movies in the nineties. Uh, I there, I have there's a picture of my great uncle with them um, with their the mask. Good off. Ninja Turtles <laughs> movies. Well, that's that's Fact. really cool. Did he do Street Fighter also? I don't know. I don't know if he would tell anybody about that. <laughs> I've watched. I've literally watched that movie more than a hundred times, and I wish I was kidding. Really? I watched it every night before I went to bed as a kid. Really? It's so bad, it's good. Uh-huh. That video that I think it was College Humor put out about like Street Fighter was actually better than the Street Fighter movie. <laughs> like, it was more realistic. Like the old, the new Street Fighter movies made that movie look so good, though. The movie, like the Street Fighter movie with the girl from Smallville, yeah, made the old Street Fighter movie look like Infinity War. So it's like the, the Chun Li movie, around. yeah, the Legend of Chun Li, yeah, yes. yeah, that was a beat. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so the very first panel um, I popped for, Johnny Cage is my favorite Mortal Kombat character. It's him. He got knocked through a wall or a door of some sort. He's kind of laying on his what back. The? <laughs> Can we just do that the whole time? Just sound effects. <laughs> Is that like falling Get out of my face! That's the, <laughs> That's the bicycle kick. That's the bicycle kick. I love it. So he gets up. He picks up his glasses. Uh, he's walking in. He opens the door where everyone's fighting, and he inquires, uh, hey, did anybody miss me? And this, it's this really cool panel. Uh, I know you guys can't see it at home, but I'm going to show everyone. It's all these characters whoop, from MK1 and 2 kind of battling. Around it's got Gotta everybody. Love a good old fight montage. Yeah, and it's got it's got everybody in it, and um, oh, so cool, so good. Uh, starts off there's a little encounter with Jax and Sub Zero. They're kind of fighting back and forth, uh, which I thought was really cool. Uh, it was nice to see Sub Zero's like freezing animation, like in a comic book form, a little, a little bit more realistic, but not quite. Um, but he takes them out, and then. Um, Oh, actually, Jax gets back up. Gets back up. There's some more dialogue. It's just it's really cheesy dialogue too. Um, that's the best thing about. But those. I do love it. Yeah. Like uh, that's why I love B movies <laughs> for the cheesy dialogue. B movies are great. Yeah, so good. <laughs> and Resident Evil Two oh. or One, whatever one you want to pick with the cheesy dialogue. The what? The, the first them? game. The first game was cheesy dialogue. Yes, they both, they both was dog. <laughs> <laughs> So, so here we go. There's like this little fight scene with Sub Zero and Jax that um, I thought was funny. Sub Zero goes, "I do not understand. The Earth shakes beneath me." And Jax goes, "That's me, boy. You make it snow, I make it quake." And then Sub Zero goes, "No, you cannot. I am of the house of the Lin Kuei. And Jax goes, "Yeah, yeah." And I'm, <laughs> I'm of the house of Mrs. Wanda Lee Briggs. You try to tell me that your house is nicer than my house. <laughs> When honor meets hood. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty intense. So they cut over. Looks uh, so They got Kung Lao fighting Baraka, Sonya Blade and Melina. Uh, Skornoff. Uh, is that Baraka? No, excuse me. That's Goro sitting on the wayside. I just realized if they redo Mortal Kombat, I want the guy who plays Luke Cage to be Jax. Yes. That, mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. He's a perfect That makes fit. sense. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, so here we go. Sonya Blade, she kicks Melina, and then there's a little dialogue with Shang Tsung and, and Goro. They're talking, they're watching this, this battle happening. There's something about a, a, it's a book that they're trying to get after. They have to figure out some kind of riddle, and, you know, they, they get the powers that, that come with it. Um, so here we go. Cuts to a scene of Raiden and Baraka fighting over here. Um. We got a little thing with Scorpion, and Scorpion gets raided. Right, right it's not like a whole lot of story to it. It's just a lot of like fighting, and like characters jumping in on the on the battle. It's, it's my kind of comic. That's it's it's really good. I mean, it's sixty four pages. It's just chaos. <laughs> if I like, wait, how many pages? Sixty four pages. Oh, yeah, a lot. it's a big book. <laughs> Honestly, if I can give the action, it would be like a fifteen out of ten. That's that's how intense this is because it has all the moves in it. Um. Oh, Scorpion takes off his mask, goes to light up Katana. It was going to be a fatality. He tried, but Katana threw her fan right through him, so her steel fan. So, sorry, man. Uh, (laughs) That's my favorite character, too. (laughs) She's a fatality blocker. She is. (laughs) I love that. I love that. 
Johnny Cage is over here squaring off with with Baraka. You know, Johnny Cage throwing his one-liners, calling him ugly. Uh, he hits the nut punch, the the crotch punch, which I pop for. Uh, but it, but Baraka no sells it. He goes, "Is that supposed to hurt?" <laughs> and and Johnny Cage goes, "Uh huh." And Baraka goes, "Didn't." And then Johnny Cage hits him with the shadow kick, so I pop for that. <laughs> Uh, knocks him back, knocks him back. Shang Tsung gets knocked off of the balcony he's at. Uh, well, that he was on, he got blasted off. I think by Kano, actually, because Kano's kind of doing his own thing. Then Liu Kang and Kano get out into a fight, and they're doing all the sweet moves and, and yada, yada, yada. And, I mean, I could really go on and on about the fighting aspect. There's a really cool scene here where Liu Kang is reading this this book. It's called The Tao Te Zan. And the one where they got to answer the riddle. And there's a flashback that I really enjoyed of Liu Kang back at the Temple of the Order of the Light. And, you know, it was a lesson. It was a lesson in believing in yourself. And they actually had to test your strength. It was the ruby, which I think was the hardest one to do in the first Mortal Kombat. No, game. Crystal. It, it was Crystal that was yes, the hardest? It was. Okay. Ruby was one of the harder ones to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Liu Kang did it, and he says it's because I believed in myself. Uh, but going on and on, you know, Reptile, more characters show up. And then uh, Goro gets his hands on the book and Uh-oh. figures, yeah, he comes out of nowhere, figures out the riddle. So he gets all this, like, crazy strength and power. And every, all the fighting just stops. They're all just looking at Goro. I don't believe Goro knows how to read. That's bull. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently in 1992 he did. Oh, actually the Shotokan race, that's what it's called, right? Shok- I think it's, it's Shokan. Shokan. Shokan race? Yeah. yeah, they were mad smart. They were actually very they intelligent. Like he doesn't look very, like it. Yeah. He's got a brain in each arm. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, it's crazy. Yeah, he figured out this riddle and he gets all these powers. He goes, oh, so much power, I can't believe it. No, I can jump higher on <laughs> you. <laughs> I know. You throw four fireballs at a time. Uh, so all the fighting stops, and all the characters start to go after Goro, whether they're on Shang Tsung's side or or the Order of the Light. And Goro's just one piece in all of them. <laughs> you get a punch. You get a punch. Everybody gets a punch. <laughs> That's what it was. And Shang Tsung is wor- looking worried. He's really panicked. And uh, so he turns to Raiden, and he says, we got to... Well, this was unanticipated, but we have to stop Goro, like now. And so they do a team up, which is really cool because it reminded me of uh, Deadly Alliance, which this came out way before Deadly Alliance. But um, in the game Deadly Deadly Alliance, Raiden, Quan Chi, and Shang Tsung teamed up to try and beat the Dragon King Onaga, and they failed. But this time they succeeded in in, uh, beating Goro and restoring, uh, removing the power from him. And the end of it is just them riding home on the boat. Uh, back home, Kano's in handcuffs. The squad's all together, and then there's a there's a little scene here with uh, Goro and Shang Tsung saying, "You know, I I don't understand why why you tried to take the book from me." And Shang Tsung goes, "The Tao Te Zan no longer matters. It is time for us to plan plan for the return of Mortal Kombat." So what it felt like is that they just kind of really rushed through, and not like in a bad way, but rushed through the very first Mortal Kombat story in one issue. And they're going on, but it was so much fun. We're going to get into the scoring right now. Let me just bring Did up. anyone say, your soul is mine? No, none of that. I was a little... <laughs> <laughs> I was very disappointed with some of the lines, but um, 
Here we go. Wait, wait, which Shang Tsung was it? Was it old Grumpy it was Shang old. Tsung? It was old. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The smart, tactful. Okay. Walter Brumley. Uh, Shang yeah, yeah, I thought it was a stocking cap Shang Tsung. Remember stocking cap Number Shang Tsung? Number two, that was Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. He was protecting his waves or something? <laughs> he had that cap on his head. That couldn't have been his hair. I ain't going. <laughs> I love you guys. Call <laughs> um, you good? I'm good. I'm good. All right, for the artwork, the artwork, I have to give this a 10, easily, without a doubt. Um, some of my favorite artwork I've ever seen in a comic book. You know, normally I gear more towards the, you know, classic 70s, 80s style, but this was a fun new style, and it was just like the cartoon that I remember. Uh, action, easily, 10. Like I said, I'd give it a 15 if I could, but uh, I can't. So much action, everyone getting their moves in. You know, getting their shit in, as us wrestlers like to say. And, you know, doing all their moves, essentially. So that was good. Story, this is where it was kind of lackluster. Like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of story, too. It was just a bunch of fighting. And at the end, everything kind of came together. It wasn't the the strong suit of the book. So for story, I'm going to give it a six. Uh, Dialogue. Dialogue, some of it was cheesy. Cheesy and fun, but easy to follow. Even uh, everyone kind of sounded like Baraka. Baraka, you would think, would some of the, the the terms he uses the the text would be a little bit different for him. Like, same for Goro, uh, it wasn't, but it was really easy to follow. And everyone had fun. Like I had fun reading Johnny Cage's stuff, everyone else's stuff. I'm gonna give the dialogue an eight. And rereadability, would I pick this book up, book up again? Absolutely. The 64 pages definitely helps. I, I appreciate a long comic book with a lot to look at, a lot to take in. So that's going to be a 10, bringing us a score of 44 out of 50 for Mortal Kombat Tournament Edition, number one from 1992. All right, who wants to go next? One of the new guys? Oh, you want me to? Okay. Yeah. All right, Caddy. Yeah, your boy. He didn't pick the two flame two chain with the devil may cry, <laughs> you know, and uh, pretty much uh, it's a, uh, I was confused because uh, the 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 cover kind of looked like Dante from Devil May Cry two, but uh, I had did some or I, then I looked at it and it was from uh, Devil May Cry one and it's a series uh, based like loosely based off of like the in between adventures inside of Devil May Cry one when Trish first. Uh, uh, gets Dante, hires him to go to Mundus's island and whatnot. Right, uh, right. So this is like a little side stories. And uh, I recently read through uh, Devil May Cry 2. I mean, Devil, the issue number two is called uh, Super Beast. And uh, it looks really, really good. Um, I was inquiring about the covers because when I looked at the cover, um, it's kind of like the video game. But then when I looked online about the rest of the comic books, each comic has three alternate covers. They have an illustrated one. They have well, they actually have two illustrated ones, and they have a video game one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so that's so, a special video uh-huh. game one. And they never finished the last one. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why, but whatever. No. But yeah, um, <laughs> I go through the book, and uh, the artwork is like really, really phenomenal. It's like a, uh, it, it has really good. Uh, cross shading and uh, dark tones and textures i like the way it's kind of like it's kind of like what mud and flame would look like mud and fire if you get what those textures looking like yeah you know it's like real they they make good use of the darker uh browns and uh the reds the uh especially like the angles and tones 
uh, you get a lot more sense of people's actual individual characteristics uh, as opposed to like when when Dante's in the beginning and uh, he's talking shit talking junk to the spider you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah okay my bad no, you're good, you're good. <laughs> but yeah uh yeah you're talking mad um mad junk to the spider and uh you get the gist of his character you know first he lures the spider into a false sense of security you know uh this is like the first i think it's like the first three encounters with griffin if y'all know who that is in the game but uh yeah uh he just you get to see his like serious side, his joking side, you know, his determined side, and then uh you get to see a lot more with Trish. It also reveals a lot more with uh Nello Angelo. You know, you don't really get to see his brother's character or what you would think of that villain in the series character. But uh he has pretty great. It has really good action fighting scenes. Uh the dialogue is pretty cool, you know, uh just because of the transition of like the jokes and like character schemes and stuff like that and it's you're supposed to find out more character development so i would say like that's really solid uh even like whoever drew this or whoever illustrated or the whole entire team phenomenal i felt like it captured the very essence of a devil may cry video game right and i wish they would have finished the fourth one because from what i read it left off on a real big cliffhanger uh they also got a lot of cool old school comics that I've also read in here too. They're like this Energon Transformers. Let me stop though. What's this cliffhanger? What's this cliffhanger? I'm curious. Oh, and um, which one in the last one or in this? Oh, one? this one, this one. Yeah, I w- yeah, I want to hear more about the story. Well, the the cliffhanger in this one is more like okay, pretty much it's just like the beginning of a uh, Devil May Cry uh, one where it's like. It's kind of hard to say. Um, okay, I'll take you through it. Pretty yeah. much, it's just like Trish. She on the street. Uh, it's like earlier that night, and you know she's talking a whole bunch of junk to whoever she's talking to. You don't really see, and then you find out information. Uh, she's trying to like get information from this one guy. Uh, let me see. Um, yeah, and then let's see. I'm trying to move real fast into it because this is a lot going on here it's a lot to take care yeah of it is a lot to go on here you know i could read it to y'all but i ain't never been a reader to people <laughs> yeah <clears throat> ain't no story time for y'all story time for me though <laughs> yeah but it's just basically focused on like like outside uh things that happen like okay trish is meeting up with this this guy this elusive character she's trying to get information from him then it speeds off to dante fighting uh on Mallet Island or Mallet, Mallet Island, you know, in the present time or where they're at. And then he's like going through uh, his banter with the uh, lava spider that you fight like multiple times in the game. And then, you know, you get to see like the little exchanges back and forth, you know, like the spider is, is a, basically a demon. Call him a fleshling and whatnot, you know what I'm saying? And uh, you know how demons, they think they're more powerful. They're mocking you and whatnot. Yes. Always so, a know. fan of lava spiders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's actually a movie made on uh, sci-fi where lava spiders oh, try to attack God. a town. And Steve Gutenberg and Michael Winslow mm-hmm. have to stop them. See, yo, <laughs> sci-fi, awesome. sci-fi, always making a, a crazy movies. They they would put lava and spiders together. <laughs> they put sharks and tornadoes together. Well, yeah, that's what it was. They're yeah. like, well, Sharknado worked. What else could we do? I still haven't seen Llama Slide yet. We're just a landslide full of llamas. Oh, that's what I want. So or Molson every- would be good too. Pretty much everything we made in uh. Creepy crawlers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. There, there's already tsunami bee, which is just a tsunami full of bees. So that, that's the thing. No, no, no. That's that. That sounds hot. That sounds hot, though. It's, that sounds terrifying. It does. Yeah, I ever seen the old school Wu Tang videos with the killer bees? 
Yeah. Or he's on the swarm. Or yeah, I remember the uh, mummy movies with the scarabs. Yes. Yeah. yeah nah, we gonna stop talking about that now because I ain't like that. that. Yeah, like I ain't like that. Yeah. See, y'all felt me. So yeah, uh, yeah, a uh, little witty banter between the high level demon and uh, Dante, the half breed, and you know. You know, demons don't accept half-breeds, so they talking all the junk and whatnot. You know, they're going through the fight. And then uh, this is the part where he lures them into a false sense of security. You know what I'm saying? He's like, uh, maybe you are out of my league. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm not enough. And he's like, oh, so you see now, Fleshling. And Dante does this real cool, like, false sense of security moment where he touches the spider lava demon on its, like, little fang tendril whatever you want to call it little mouthpiece and he's like touching it like he cares and the the spider is lured and then he slashes it right across the face (laughs) right across the face with rebellion I love stylish triple (laughs) S it ain't even come out yet but it's all them S's alright and then uh, let's see then the spider gets mad then then it's like a whole bunch of things that you would see in the video game, like jumping off of walls, shooting, uh, shooting, uh, stabbing, uh, very style, stylistic uh, combat, um, getting more into it. So then uh, finally, uh, basically Dante kills the spider demon and he's like, oh, I'm having a tough time. But then it cuts to a scene of where you get to see more of uh, Nello Angelo's character in front of Mundus, you know. For like the first time, you don't see any of these uh, interactions in the video game, and uh, basically, uh, Nello Angelo is telling Mundus that he's ready to take on the task. And do you still fear him? And he's like, Nah, I don't fear him. You know what I'm saying? But you don't understand the dialogue that that's his brother, and right. he's trying to, you know, trying to get him to them to fight against each other. You know, he brainwashed uh, Virgil and whatnot. That's Nero, Nello Angelo. Okay. So, uh, anytime I think you're like a um, like a uh one of those Angelo types or whatever demons, you don't you are shell. You know what I'm saying? You're not uh you like your soul is kinda in there, but like they're like high level demons that's just pretty much a shell. Okay. You know? So uh, yeah, so he looks he's looking like through like a blood portal or something like that and then pretty much he sends Nello Angelo off to go find Dante within on the island. That was the scene where uh, Dante looks in the mirror and he sees himself and then he steps out, you know, the representation of them being twins. But then he turns into uh, Nello Angelo. So pretty much he he goes into the library, the famous library, uh, picks out a couple of books and whatnot, and he finds one. And then pretty much it's a he sits back and reads it. You know, Dante is like a real mixture of a character. Then he encounters Trish within the castle and then they have a little little highly little close anime sexual moment but with guns and stuff and all type of oh you're close and yeah i'm close but you know a little tension yeah that's like his mom or something like that oh so we so it's a little weird we don't fit we're gonna fast forward that, you know what i'm saying then it get a little weirder they got like you know she over here he touching her hand yeah it's just weird i mean ain't his real mom but you know what i mean but yeah uh so they get into more dialogue uh, about like um, what exactly is going on, and Dante's trying to inquire what's going on, and he's trying to figure out everything. Why you bring me to this island, and you know what's going, pretty much what's going on. Then the lava spider is returning as always. Like so, you know how if the the the, the lava spider is a reoccurring boss and whatnot. So he's returning again, Damn you spider. know, and then like now Trish and uh, Dante are fighting him, and then it's like moments later. You know, finally Dante pulling out the ebony, you know, the pistol, you know, the pow pow. Somebody got to catch it, you know. 
Then he starts shooting and they start running and then they escape out of a uh, out of a window. And this is pretty much where uh, Nello Angelo first encounters uh, Dante, where they get into that big, crazy fight. Right. And then when you had to fight him outside, this is like the scene right here. OK. And uh, this is the scene where Nello Angelo overpowers Dante and puts him on the wall like after that scene. And he recognized the amulet. And then it sends him into like a mind fury state. Like that was the part of the dialogue where you don't see like when he was talking to Mundus, that's the part where you don't see. But the part where they're fighting against each other and he's taking his mom's or his, his basically his dad's amulet or whatever you would call it. That's a part where you see it in the video game. And then, bam, right after he sends off uh, Nello Angelo with a, a mine, a mine uh, crush from Yu-Gi-Oh! Classic. Uh, pretty much uh, the lava spider returns and then it's <laughs> battle part three. The last the last part of the battle. And then. You out here battling a spider again, and then like uh, in the courtyard, and uh, no help, just the two guns and one sword, you know, goon style, and uh, yeah, it it pretty much wraps itself up like just like it within the video game. Like okay. basically, you kill him, you go back into the castle, and then pretty much you start to see like more things like how you're connected to Sparta. You know what I'm saying, or he, or he's recognizing the correlation between your aspire to son and whatnot. He's he been underestimated you, yeah, and then he dies, because you know what happens to those villains that underestimate your skills. They gotta die. They gotta go. They gotta go. They gotta go. And then pretty much, then you see later in the corridor, in a in a, in a water corridor, uh, you see Nello Angelo sitting down, and they're having another interaction that you've never seen in the game before. They're actually talking to each other. And you don't really see them talking to each other like that. Like, but he's sitting down like his brother, you know what I'm saying? And they having a, 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 a real close dialogue and pretty much Nello Angelo is struggling with itself internally. And he's like, man, I got to leave. You know what I'm saying? I got to go. It, it, you know, we're, we're rivals. We, I, you're my enemy. And then like Dante's trying to get close to him. And then Nello Angelo like stabs him through oh. his like chest. And then, Pretty much the comic ends with mother, you know. <laughs> oh, so pretty much, yeah. If y'all could follow all that, then they got awesome. Come. Yep. All right, now time to review it, my friend. Artwork. What's uh, the score? Oh, that get a ten. Ten, especially with like the three alternate cover things. I think that's a cool feature. Yeah, that is a very cool feature. I would give the uh, artwork a ten. All right, it's very solid. Action. Action. Oof. Ten. Ten. You know, matter of fact, you know what? I'm gonna give it a. Uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna give it a good eight. I'm An not eight. gonna say it's a ten because there's a lot of good story dialogue in between. Yeah. And even though it seems like you only getting bits and pieces of information, you actually retaining a lot of outside information that affected these characters to do battle or to their motives or reasonings uh, of why Mundus is sending them out there or why you know Nello Angelo struggled with you know the the fight between Dante and himself. Okay. Uh, story. Story. story I'm gonna give that an actual solid 10 because Devil solid May Cry story is pretty solid except, you like it I know it's one of your yeah, favorite games except for like 2 2 is confusing <laughs> it's not it's not like a bad story it's just like yeah alright I you, got you're you. doing a lot I got you yeah. dialogue dialogue that actually is a solid 10, 10 because it's a lot of personal things that you don't you know like it's a lot of 
mystery surrounding Dante's uh, bloodline lineage, uh, Nello Angelo himself, you know, uh, just more personal interaction between Trish and uh, Dante, because that's like the first time they're actually meeting. And, you know, just like just like a more of a handle of like just like little niche things in the story that you want to answer. So I give that like a good maybe a no, I'm gonna give it a nine. You give it a nine? Okay. Yeah. And um rereadability, would you put pick the book up again? Only as a collector to just look at because you really can get all the gist of the information of what you read like the first time. If you want to reread it, I feel like I don't think you would reread it based off of just what you would read. I think you would read it based off or just like visual because it's very visual. So I will say rereadability. It has a good storyline, but you retain all the information. I'm going to just give it like a good seven. Okay. All right. 44 out of 50 for Devil May Cry. Okay. So not bad, not bad. All right. Stylish. 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 (laughs) All right. Who's next? Call you stepping up? Yeah, I'll step up. My man. <laughs> it's got some cool news on there, so that's why oh, I was distracted. Um, but uh, you can edit things out, right, Matt? Or no? Yeah. What's, what's... Jericho donated two grand that I knew he would. That's <gasps> Are you serious? That's why I tweeted at him. I knew he would. Yeah. So, yeah, he donated $2,000. I knew I knew he would do that. <laughs> that's, that's why I tweeted That's so at him. cool. Yeah, so. And he wrote a comment on there. Oh, that makes me happy. So, anyways, <laughs> just edit that out. So, no. I thought that was really sweet. All right. Uh, oh, so, wait, no, no, no. Hold on. We can keep that in. No, seriously. Um, quick side bit. Uh, what are you talking about? We had uh, four really close friends who are professional wrestlers that got into a really bad car accident on the, uh, well, this, it'd be, yeah, this past weekend. Um, not the well, two weekends ago by the time this episode comes out. And there's a GoFundMe out for them right now. It's for the Buffalo Brothers. Uh, there's over It's over halfway to the $50,000 goal right now. Um, I can't plug. I can't even plug the comedy show because this episode is going to come out after. Yeah, yeah, it's going to come but out. But it, it, the t-shirt, it's, on it, it's well, yeah. The, the the comedy show was successful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there's a lot of ways. There's t-shirts. There's prints. Like there's a couple photographers that prints of them and prints of uh, Brody King that they were doing them. Um, I saw uh, people are putting on a concert in Toronto in February. Yes, yes. At the Rock Pile, there was a. A webcam girl that was selling clips <laughs> and, and donating money to them. There, there was just a Must lot of nice. a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, do some raffles at Greg's. That's right. ESW you know, show that. January nineteenth. So, so yeah, there's there's gonna be a ton of good stuff in that that, that basket. So. Jan, you know, very good, very good. So yeah, lots of ways to help us out, um, help out our friends. There's the link uh, on the on our Facebook page, the panel discussion. So make sure you check it out. And if you got anything, uh, help them out. They deserve it. So all right, Chris, go right ahead. All right, so uh, right into it, folks. Uh, you know, you're used to having a mic in front of you. So <laughs> um, I I read another. Issue of Tomb Raider. I know I reviewed this on the show a few weeks ago, uh, but it was a really cool book. But what I wanted to read was something a little bit different. A couple years later, different writers. So this was one, I guess, long run, but they just switched the writers up. I guess Jeff Johns did a few issues at one point. I read the Dan Jurgens run. Like they just, it, it was just kind of like a fun indie project for people to do. Right. Um, and then uh, th- this run, a guy I'm not too familiar with, a uh, John Nave Reber. Not too familiar with him, but uh, uh, this is a run by him. 
Um, and this is 2003, which I believe the one I reviewed a few weeks ago was 2001. So this is uh, 2003, April 2003. Uh, of course, Image with association with Top Cow Entertainment. Um, of course, Eidos and Core. So we'll get right into it here. Um, it it lets you know that uh, Laura Craft has basically been uh, her spirit, or she's been captured by the spirit of an ancient pharaoh who accuses her of stealing from her tomb, but uh, she's unable, she's unwilling to accept death, so she challenges him and begins a battle against the pharaoh and his many minions, drawing upon her knowledge of Egyptian burials, writes, Lara must determine a way to overcome the pharaoh and find a way back to reclaim her life. So basically she's stuck into this purgatory of you're either going to die or you're going to live. Right. And, and, you know, trying to defeat this pharaoh. I'm feeling that. That's yeah. a good storyline. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it starts off really the artwork in this honestly was better than the first one. The the one I I read a, that was a couple years before this. Okay. Um it, it it's really cool. It starts right off with a ba, uh, which you know, it's it's like an Egyptian eagle or whatever. It, it's like attacking her right away. Like like Banka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I know and, about and, that. And the pharaoh, the pharaoh's like talking a lot of crap and you know how dare you in my tomb, you know, you're, you're going to perish, you're going to be dead, uh, whatever. And, and like, she's, by the way, very scantily clad. Like, you see her full butt there. There's side, a lot of side boob. And the gun. She got some cakes. The gun. <laughs> yeah, she's wearing, she's wearing, like, this like very silky, <laughs> like, robe thing. And, like, the gun is, like, almost. Can I borrow that when In the center area. <laughs> You of the nasty, body. Matt. Huh? You're getting a nasty award real quick. I, I don't know what you're talking about. All right. <laughs> I just want to read it. You know, I love Tomb Raider. <laughs> read it with your hands. Read it with your hands tied behind your back. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> and it's so, this was drawn differently, too. Like, the Tomb Raider that I read a couple weeks ago was drawn, like, kind of cool. And, like, this was, like, straight out action hero sexy. Like, that's yeah. what it was really supposed to be. Yeah. Like, she's like she's in this Egyptian outfit uh, trying to, like, get away, f- get away from the, uh, the Ba. She ends up killing the Ba. And uh, what I love about these books, too, is she has a lot of good trash talk. Like, you know... Um, and, and, you know, the Pharaoh's like, yeah, you know, I will touch you and you'll perish or whatever. And she's like, I'd rather play tag with your vulture than touch you. She's fighting this this ba. Witty um, commentary. It's needed. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. Uh, so she defeats the ba. She thinks she's, oh, she's got this Pharaoh where she wants him. But then he summons, like, these giant, like, sphinx creatures. And they're, and, and they're coming and attacking her. Um, and what's, it's kind of crazy cause these are like Egyptian, like dead gods. And yet her gun is being very effective, <laughs> like her bullets <laughs> and stuff. So she's, <laughs> she's battling them and she starts climbing on there. And by the way, there's a, there was a lot of cool, this was in the PlayStation two era. So there was a couple cool ads. There was ever primal. I don't know if you guys remember that game. Oh, I do remember. That's why I was looking at her. Like I'm looking at her. Like I recognize and that character. <laughs> Dark cloud two. Dark Cloud is one of my favorite RPGs, and Dark Cloud 2 was great, too. So, those are pretty... The Primal Lab is cool, because, like, you're in the book, and there's, like, this, like, okay, cool, like, punk rock chick, and then it's, like, the, you know, horned, like, uh, goat chick. <laughs> like, I don't know how you would <laughs> describe that. But, uh... And it's really cool. There's a lot of dialogue, and then there, like, and then there's blue box dialogue of what they're really thinking and stuff like that, which I thought was pretty cool. So... Um, the Pharaoh think thinks she she. I'm sorry, the Pharaoh thinks he has her, 
Uh, they basically have her pinned down. She gets away and does this like crazy flip, and this is a pretty sweet panel. That is really cool art. Where she's doing this, and, and there's a kathoom. There's a sound effect. You love your sound effects. Oh, yeah, kathoom. Sound effect master. <laughs> if you guys get a chance, read RoboCop vs. Terminator. It is the craziest <laughs> sound effects ever written in a it's galaxy. Fun. It's I'm fun. definitely on that. And Frank Miller wrote it. Yeah, it's it's the greatest thing ever. Oh, yeah, we need all of that. (laughs) Yeah, so. um, And there's another. (laughs) I can't believe sound effects. But she's trying to get away. It's pretty cool. You brought up the mummy and the mummy returns. That, like, black, like, you know, orb of, like, energy that the mummy has. He, you know, this pharaoh is trying to, you know, uh, get an attacker. And then she finally, because, like, the big Sphinx guy punched a thing in the wall. She found this, like, box, and she starts, like, kind of telling him, like, you know, I I know why this place is as it is, and I can set you free um, if you have the courage. And he's like, why would you help me unless – because he's basically stuck, too. And she finds out – she finds this box and hands it to him, and it's an empty box. And, you know, he's like, why would you give me – she thinks I'm going to give you this, and it's basically – a stunt double, she calls it. It's a little statue of the Pharaoh. Okay. Um, and it's kind of, and, and so what she does is like, she just throws it against the wall. And this is where she's, you know, basically almost naked there too. Mm-mm-mm. She throws it against the wall and it just bashes into pieces. Cause it's basically, um, uh, trying to think of how, uh, a totem or like a, you okay. know, horror crooks. Yeah. Yes. Like the like Harry Potter. Yeah. And as soon as that, explodes that he just fades in the bones hmm. okay yeah that is a horcrux something that binds you to the uh, earthly realm so then like the so then this uh weird like dragon looking thing shows up and tells her you know it's not her time to die it's her you know she has time to live and she shows up at a museum um in front of in front of like this totem the head like that that weird like dragon god you know on it um, and then, and then basically, so now she does, everyone thinks she's dead in the world. So she calls her friend and she goes, well, Lori, you're alive. Um, and, and, and she's like, yeah, it's great to hear you, but you better stay at my place. Cause a little news thing says the Croft Manor was sold and, and she says, well, you don't have one anymore. Oh, house. wow. So like, you don't know how long she's dead. If like her house sold and everything, mm-hmm. or they, you know. And this and that, so she's in this purgatory. Cool story from I mean the one I read a couple weeks ago. She like her boyfriend died, and she was like killing zombies. So yeah, like th- this is definitely different. That's Tomb Raider that I know from the video games. Yeah, this was yeah really cool. I mean, I kind of not skipped, but I condensed a little bit here. Um, but pretty cool book. Uh, artwork, the artwork's really sweet. Uh, I, I I might give that a ten. Like I don't know, I really like that artwork. Okay, the action. It's really a constant battle. She's fighting the Ra, the Ba. She's fighting the the uh, Sphinx creatures. She's she's fighting the the, the Pharaoh. I'm gonna give that a ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. Storytelling tells a pretty cool story. I liked it. It didn't really say like learning this issue, that issue. So I'd like to kind of know how she died, how she really, really got there. They give a little intro. A really fun story about her getting out. Little confused with the totem and the mummy and stuff, so I'll give that a seven. All right, dialogue was was pretty good. It, it like I said, it told most of what was going on. Little confused, but I, I, I like that. I'll give that a seven. Okay, and rereadability. I mean, it's 
I, I picked up this one mostly because it has like the straight Lara Croft Tomb Raider from like classic video games, classic look. Um, and I would say like you know, hey, you want to read this cool Tomb Raider book? I'll give that a nine, not a perfect ten, but I'll give it a nine. All right, forty three out of fifty for that one. Forty three out of fifty. Uh, real quick, we're gonna take a uh, commercial break, and we'll be right back with our last two book reviews. I'm Matt Johnson. It's your boy, see him, a.k.a. the nerd, a.k.a. the world heavyweight champion of live broadcast. Holding it down for all supremacy, it's the bad guy, Caddy. Yeah, and even though this is a podcast about video games, it's a podcast for everyone. Every Friday here on the BICBP Radio Network, make sure you tune in. Make sure you listen to it whenever you're on the way to work, whenever you're on the way home from work. And when you get in and you put that video game in and you hear that disc spinning around, you might as well just realize you can't start any game without pushing start. All right, we are back here. Uh, we got two more. We got Seaham and we got Greg. Who's going to go? Shall I go next? Yeah, go ahead, bud. Take the mic. Take the mic. Boom. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gents? <laughs> All right, so being the Sony guy as I am, through and through, of course, the comic I chose, which is on my phone, by the way. You won't hear any pages turning, unfortunately, on mine. Here, I'll do this. Yeah. <laughs> but um, not only because of you know the source material as the character Kratos, because I just love him. He's awesome. But... I love Greek mythology in general anyway. That kind of lore and that world has just always been interesting to me. So I like that uh, I, I did the God of War comic. Not the Dark Horse one that came out last year. Right. But the uh, original one that came out after uh, God of War 2, I believe it was. Okay. Two or three. But um, this one was made by um, Wolfman and Sarantino. Okay. Wildstorm Comics. Okay. Um, it's very interesting because it's like a the prelude to the storyline of the God of War games. So it kind of gives you an idea of what Kratos went through before he became like Kratos. Like right. It has a lot of information about the trials he went through as a Spartan would. If anybody's seen the movie 300, it's pretty much similar to that. But in my opinion, this is way more amplified <laughs> because Kratos is like legitimately fighting gods. Yeah, so, so intense. Yeah, extremely intense. And... uh. The artwork style is very similar to that of, like, you know, graphic novels like that, like 300. Very, a lot of people criticized it for being muddy, but in my opinion, you know, being an artist myself, I understand the reason why they made it like that. Okay. Because they wanted to make focus on very specific parts of the panel, and everything else was kind of, like, obscured, so you knew what to focus on. So I felt like that made the flow of the story very, uh, very easy to follow. Okay. And um, as God of War stories always have, there's always like a narrator of sorts or somebody that's talking on the side to Kratos or about Kratos. So you're kind of getting an idea of what's going on. It's like right when you jump right into the first panel, it's just Blades of Chaos on wheel. That's actually from really Kratos cool. Just, ah! <laughs> just have at the you beasts. <laughs> but yeah, his, the first panel, he just comes right, right out the gate, just swinging off on some demons. Um. He's uh he just got done fighting Ares, so he's achieved all his power and he's absorbed it. So he's feeling like a straight beast right now. So um he's going through trying to, you know, get get away from the rest of his army and his minions that remain. 
So he's just fighting through like all these epic scenes of like caves and caverns and just he's on this bridge just like just rotating the blades of chaos, just knocking just everybody off. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. It looks a lot like the video game though. Um, and again, with the artwork style, as you can kind of see, like it's look at how dark, but it's like very, it pops. Yeah, it's very dark. Like the the, the browns and the blacks, kind of like yeah. the devil may cry. The yeah. browns and the blacks and the and the deep maroons are really deep. But then when they go with the yellows and they're they're portraying flame and things like that, it's so bright. The contrast is just perfect. Um, and then you get to like uh, the next couple of panels when they're talking about, you know, Kratos is always going after something that's pretty much impossible to acquire. He's always, you know, persevering and striving for those things that shouldn't be sought after. And uh it kind of gives you some background to why he's like that. It talks about the Spartan lore and just in general about how, you know, deformed or weak children are pretty much cast aside, just thrown off a cliff. Right. And not utilized. So that's already pretty, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> like, I read, Very intense. Before you even get a breath of life, you're like already judged. You're like, oh, this baby's not good enough. Bloop. <laughs> It's pretty crazy that, but that's how that's how ridiculous. I'm getting the, the visual. Were. I'm getting the visual of. Don't say Brenda. No, Kung Pao, <laughs> Kung Pao, and there's like the first scene where the baby's rolling down the hill. Yeah, and she goes to pick it up, and then she rolls it back down the hill. <laughs> Dude, exactly. <laughs> like it, it's pretty intense. So it, it kind of gives you right out the gate an idea of what life in Sparta was about. Yeah. You know, you're you're constantly judged on how well you can perform and, and what value you held to the land, you know. It, it was Spart- Spartans were always uh the ones that have the strongest army, the strongest military yes, force. Yes. So that's the reason why they children with deformities and children that were ill or sickly were just cast away. They only kept the strong babies. Crazy. And then once you got to a certain point of age, which you go to in the next couple of panels, it talks about Kratos going through the trials where, um, you know, essentially where you're becoming a man. You you go without any weaponry. You go without any food or anything to, to speak of. And you have to fend for yourself out in the wild. Yeah. So um, it kind of gives you an idea of the rigorous training he went to to become the crazy killer we know and love in the video games. But... Yeah, it really also talks about, like, um, one thing that I thought that was very interesting that you don't get too much of an idea of through the dialogue of the game is him as a kid, how strong and how savage he was. Like, even when he competed against uh, opponents two, three times his age, he would just always beat them. Right. So he was pretty essentially a, a prodigy when it came to fighting and hunting and his skills. Remember in the, uh, the one game where they touched on like his like battle skills as a kid with his brother and stuff like that? Yeah, I remember. And his brother got taken and he had to become like that dude. Yeah, I feel you on that. It's exactly that. And one thing that I really like about the style of this comic, it's reminiscent of the way it looks when you're watching like the cutscenes in the middle of the game. The, the art style is pretty much exactly like that. The way it like splashes up and it has the little scenes and then little color here. And it's... The comic really reminds me of that. Okay. So if you're used to playing the God of War games, I think that's going to catch your eye right away, that kind of art style. Um, and then you know more about the trials. And it kind of gets it gets uh, 
a lot of this this story is flashback like pretty much like 75 percent of this first because it's a six-part series i just read the first two okay but uh, i'm just going to talk about the first one um most of this one is flashback so it's kind of difficult to understand at first but when i read through it the second time i was like oh okay i kind of get the flow (laughs) of it but um a lot of it is really like giving you background and information on like um where Kratos weapons came from and things like that. And just one, one part of the panels that really, really stood out to me is like when the gods themselves were acknowledging Kratos. And I like how they separate each God. So you know who they're talking about? Like the red bubble is Ares and the blue bubble is Poseidon and the the gold bubble is Hermes. So you, you really understand who's speaking at the time. Right. And um, they're really discussing, you know, like, like Ares literally acknowledges nothing on earth will stop him. Just they understand how determined Kratos was as an individual, even being of lesser caliber of a god than they were. So um, Poseidon, I mean, not Poseidon, uh, my favorite was um, freaking, uh, what's the Lord of the Underworld? Hades. Yo, he was salty. He was really salty. Like, the portrayal of Hades is always like negative. He was like the god of patrician or something like that, or one of those. And he wasn't actually. He was just a guardian of there. He wasn't even on shit like right on stuff like that. <laughs> yo, yo, he was like just every panel that I read him having dialogue. He was just salty. I just felt the salt. <laughs> Like, dang, stop getting mad because you're about to get the business handled on you as you do in God of War 2. <laughs> no, it's three. Is it three? It's three. Okay, you're right. It's three. Yeah. But yeah, my favorite part of the panels on this comic was when you get to the end where um, um, he sends like a fire demon to, to mess with Kratos because, you know, again, he was salty. He was talking that trash. So he sent this crazy fire demon that looks like, you know, blue eyes, white dragon, but on fire slash dark phoenix. And there's, like, all these crazy moments where, like, you can just see Kratos just weaving and jumping around and dodging and just getting up out of the way, like, you know, all the craziness. But it's re- I really like it because, like I said, it's very reminiscent of the game. If you're a big fan of Kratos and God of War in general, the, the comic is definitely a must-read. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. All right. Ready to review it? Hells yeah. All right. Let's start off with artwork. Artwork, okay. I have two takes on this. Okay. I'm from my standpoint, it's a ten. Okay. But I also looked at it from a perspective of just a general comic reader. Yes. And if you're not familiar with seeing this art style, it might be a little bit difficult for you. Okay. So I would rate it from like, you know, a just for a general reader, it'd probably be like a seven or an eight. Okay. Because it it is a little bit muddy in areas, but me being used to playing God of War. Uh, I'm kind of used to the way that art style is. Okay. So I'm going to go with your score, but I, I appreciate you doing like the general one. That's cool. What's All right. Action. Um, action. Yep. 10. Easy. <laughs> Every panel, there was like something on fire or somebody being tossed around or something of that nature. So, um, yes, definitely a 10. Easy without a doubt. Very good. Uh, story. Story, I would give it an 8 because. In the areas, there was very good areas of storyline when they're talking about um, the whole reason why he's going on this quest is because he's trying to save his daughter and not just his daughter, future Spartans, because there's supposed to be a cure of some sort 
that can help all the ailments of the deformed babies and things like uh, that. Okay. So he's like trying to, you know, go to bat for not well, his daughter at first, but then he ends up speaking for, you know, all the rest of the children in Sparta as well. Okay. So that part of the story is cool. But like in the areas where they're just like where he's just like traversing hell and fighting, you know, the the story is just nothing. <laughs> He is, like, he was re- he was really fighting for like a-, a great thing in this comic. So that's why I'm really interested to read the rest of that's the, cool the series. That is cool. Uh, dialogue, dialogue's next. Dialogue, I would give it an eight. Okay. Um, I <laughs> when I read it, <laughs> I was totally like reading it in Kratos' voice. Like any any part that was him, like I was reading it like that. Yeah. No, nah, it was it was the young Kratos. He was still scratching, raspy like this. Yeah, that Kratos. Say it with your chest, Kratos. <laughs> but yeah, the, the the dialogue was good, and it was easy to follow again by it. Um, you know, separating the speech bubbles, especially when there's five gods talking at once. So they did a good job. Separ- they okay. did a good job of separating, so you knew exactly who was talking, and you can kind of tell by like the snarky remarks and who was speaking at the time. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the last one, rereadability. Um, rereadability. I foresee that, it, like I said, I only read the first two. Yeah. But just the individual one by itself, I'd say a six. Six. Okay. Yeah. But if you're looking at the series as a whole, I foresee that it's going to be very good. So I would probably reread the entire six together. Okay. Over again. But the first one is kind of. Uh, it's just Usually, like, the, sometimes the first ones are. Sometimes they're yeah, it's setting just, it's up just a like to picture. set it up. It, it, you can tell us like they're really like setting you up for a nice alley oop. Yeah. So that's so. why I'm anxious to see what the rest has to offer. All right, forty two out of fifty. So I think that's very valid. good. Very good. Thank you, Christian. All right, Greg, take us home. I just totally did an audible. I had this Turok book sitting here. Nice. It would have taken me like five minutes to review. I could tell you now, I'd give it like a fifteen overall. <laughs> It wasn't very. It was okay. Nothing happens. It's literally cowboys kidnap Indians. Indians get away. Velociraptors attack cowboys. Indians go into world of dinosaurs. That is the whole book. There it is. It's over. <laughs> That's it. So I want to end off fair. And you said you're a Sony guy. Well, I'm an Xbox guy. And my favorite game also ends in war. And so I decided to review a Gears of War book. <laughs> Fun fact, out of only five games that I've ever completed on Xbox, Gears of War is one of them. Good, because I finished, I think, Gears of War 3 when it came out, from the time it downloaded after midnight to the next time I fell asleep, I finished that, that oh game my in one playthrough. So this is one of my favorite games. Um, so I decided to hop in with something a little more exciting. They got the same <laughs> acronyms too, right? Yeah. 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 Gow. Gow. <laughs> Not gout for those that are worried about gullo. Just gow. <laughs> I'm a gout survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. All right. So this is um, this is book one in the Rise of Ram series. IDW printed this out. That was the guy on the train, right? Yeah, this is the okay. general from the first. Yeah, I remember that scene. Yes. Yes. So, Ram, uh, this is actually kind of cool. I'm excited to get into this. Um, 
you just see a war happening. Um, the Lambent fighting against the Locust. Ram has this like giant shotgun that I've never actually really seen in the game. Um, he's just firing off. He's just shouting out commands, and Lambent are sur- like surrounding the Locust from every side. Uh, you have two Locusts like carrying a bomb, and a Lambent just like stabs its tail through one of its heads. It's a pretty gory book. It's pretty awesome. Um, they all continue to fire forward. Ram jumps off like this big cliff and just shoves a knife down a Lambert's throat and just rips its head straight off. Um, but it doesn't die. And Scourge is another uh, pretty popular Locust General, mm. just steps up and shoots it with a Gorgon pistol and puts it down. Um, the Lambert are continuing to come. So Ram and Scourge grab this like giant bomb, set it down in front of um, where they're coming from and just blow up everything. The dialogue's kind of funny because they're just like having like a casual conversation while this is all going on. And Scourge is like, you realize we're losing the war. Ram's like, this is effing great. This is awesome. We will find glory in death. Like just going nuts. <laughs> true, true locust warrior word. <laughs> and they're just, just going awesome. They're like, this is enough to level everything. He's like, cool. Then we'll die in a great way. Like, if we're gonna go, let's go in a blaze of glory. Exactly. Like oh it's God. the dialogue is great, and like everything explodes, and they're just sitting in the rubble, and Ram just goes like he's just it's just ha 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 like six like he's dying laughing. That's one way to win a battle. And Skr goes technically we lost. He goes well sums up the entire effing war, doesn't it? And then it just keeps going. They kind of start talking. Um, they're talking about this war, and Ram shares his own vision of going above um, above ground, no longer fighting the Lambit, but instead fighting the humans who are currently split. Because um, if you know anything about the games, the Pendulum Wars are currently happening at this point, and the Gears are fighting the Indie Troopers. Um, so they're kind of going back and forth, and Ram and Scourge agree to go up and actually take down the humans themselves, but they have to present it before the Queen first. Um, so they go into the palace and they present it in front of this other general. Um, he looks just like Ram, just way bigger. And wow, he, Ram was a big dude. This dude's huge. He's like like two feet taller. I, I remember Ram was a big dude on that train. Like he oh, yeah. was towering. He makes so to, for like for what's the word reference? The yeah. gears themselves are like eight feet tall. Yeah, they're made taller by their armor. They're huge. Oh, yeah, and then. General Ram stands taller than the gears. Oh my god! And so this dude's like probably like twelve feet tall. He's huge. That's ridiculous. We're like um, Nemesis height. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of looks like Nemesis, honestly. Like it's a little bit um, reminiscent. Yeah, a little bit reminiscent. If you look that's at that really, panel, yeah, that's what it kind of yeah, reminds me it. of. Um, even the face and everything. So he he pitches this idea to this guy, and this guy basically tells him he's an idiot. Like. You're just gonna call this war lost, like that. That doesn't bring honor to us. All of this stuff, and he just grabs, like Ram. Ram goes to throw a punch at him. He just choke slams him onto this stone table and beats his face. In. <laughs> <laughs> just beats the crap out of Ram, um, and says, like, "You're an insolent fool." All this. He goes, "You're an embarrassing example of uh, what it is to be part of the bloodied vanguard." He goes, it's unfortunate that your people have to follow under your command longer. And he goes, basically tells him, go back to the front lines to die. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it gives these characters mad character development. Yeah, I've never known these about these characters. Yeah. 
Oh, Gears of War, that story is so deep. Like, there's books upon books about, like, just Marcus's time in prison. It, it's pretty... It's, it's Like on some Halo, like... Yeah, same yeah, level. Yeah, I feel you. Okay. Um. So, oh, his name's Commander Azul. He's Commander Blue. Um. <laughs> so, basically, he beats him down and, and tells Scourge, carry him to the front um, so he can die for the queen. And there's just this panel of Scourge just dragging Ram out of the building, and there's just blood behind him. Like, he, he got... He got rocked. Um, he briefly talks to the queen about like what's happening, and he he says like there can't be tension among the ranks. Like we need to stand together. If we killed Ram, like um, it, it might lead to a civil war for us. So just let him die, and um, I'll do what I can to take care of him. And so it continues. They it shows them back on the front lines fighting, and as um, you think a Lambit's about to come from the wall. A corpser just falls from the sky to take out Ram and his troop. And Ram acknowledges that it's Azul's way of trying to get rid of him cleanly. Uh, and that's where the book ends for that. that sweet. Issue. I really sweet, liked sweet. this. <laughs> just from you reading that, I was into it. I was like, yeah. oh, man. Was like, what an audible. Yeah. A Turok would have really been boring. It was. <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading like where it goes, but... Honestly, it just wasn't nothing, anything special. Okay. Um, and this was very good. <laughs> good. I love the Audible. I feel like that was a great one. <laughs> that's clutch, dude. I mean, I was like, man, Greg's really intense on his phone right now. And that, <laughs> that, that was, that was, I that was needed, quite the payoff. I didn't think I was – if I wasn't going to be last, I would have read Turok. But I was like, I can't finish on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like how that ended, though. Like, both was G-O-W. Like, one of them was yeah. PlayStation. One of them was Xbox. And it was like kind of like two points on the pendulum. Like, you can yeah. – it just happened medium. too. Yeah, I like it that energy. Happened. It worked. I love it. It worked. That was the universe working that out That's for us. Right. Right right. <laughs> Duality. And these are all like iconic video game franchises too. Yeah, there was not because there nothing. was a lot of like I looked at a list and there was a lot of weird ones. Like there's a Blood there's a lot Rain of and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Blood Rain is high, I ain't gonna hold you. Uh, <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Like these are like these are like major like franchises yeah. that have stemmed Many many games. Oh yeah, yeah like even if you don't play games, you've you heard know of these, these names. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's important. I, and, and Turok's one a lot of people didn't know. And actually, so Turok, in my defense, was a comic book before it was a video game. Correct. So I yeah. stayed true by making my audible. You did. Uh, I originally was looking for a Mega Man comic book, which would have totally not fit the four other books we just read. <laughs> but, but it would have been it great. It would have still been dope. <laughs> I wanted to do actually like a manga thing with y'all. You know, like a, ma- a Japanese. Oh, I'd comic, be all about but that. That'd it's be cool. like thicker. You right. Know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, it would take. It would take a long time, but I read a bunch of that, so I'd be all about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It might be that might be like a two book episode. <laughs> I would not hate that. Not hate that. All right, Greg. Let's I get a score. I got to rate this thing. Yeah, uh, the art's easy. The art is a ten. This is very different. Um, it's weird seeing art be dark and light at the same time. Like it's hard to explain. If you you guys could look at a panel, you could see like it's mm, the perfect contrast. Yeah, yeah, they do a really good job. Using making, saturations and whatnot. Yeah, like fitting them right in the good. Like, you can tell you're underground, but they there's still light to it, and it, it was done very well. The game did the same thing, um, and the gore, and just, it was, everything was done perfect, the amount of blood, um, the way the guns fired, the way the guns looked, it looked right out of the game, but but still fit in a comic book. It wasn't like they were trying to copy the art style too much. They knew what they had to change. Right. Um, so I'm going to give it a a 10. 
the wow i almost forgot my own thing with guests dialogue <laughs> yes ram's dialogue was hilarious i Wait, just, no third one is story i'm on the second so no, I it's art action. action you skipped action <gasps> you're i'm the worst you are, i'm terrible at this you're so bad. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so we did art art is a 10 all right action 10 all right that's i already knew it was a 10 um this is so much better than what i would have given to rock <laughs> cory no Really? So you're just going to leave X23 number four hanging like that? No, no, no. This is still better than X23 24, or number four, but Tarak was still better than I that. I hate but, that book so much. Like, I, almost, I almost got you number five for Christmas. You would have been Great banned. Gag. You would have been banned from my house. <laughs> so, On the forbidden list. Well, actually, it was in dialogue. Dialogue's a 10, too. Uh, it was just super well done, super different. Um, drove the story very well. But I just like Ram being a character that I just wanted to shoot in the face and kill him playing the games. He was like one of the hardest bosses on there. Didn't he send like the little bat things at you too yeah. at the same time? And yeah. you're like, I hated the, him. Yeah, and <laughs> and the krill. And then yeah. in they did the prequel game and he like kills some of your favorite characters and you're just like you can't actually kill him in the prequel game because he's gotta live for number one. So I hated him, but this book made me like him. Okay. So that that just makes me give That's the dialogue a, a ten. Yeah. All right. The story was super interesting. It was super cool seeing the locust side of everything. I, it's a ten. <laughs> May have another perfect book here. No perfect book. I'm gonna give the rereadability. Nope. I'm gonna give it a ten. I can't. I'm, I can't not justify not giving it a ten. I thoroughly agree. Cause like I'm like sitting here like you got me invested in the <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah. Like it brings like it's kind of like like kind of like Halo when you found out the Arbiter. Yeah. Like when you found out the aliens, they actually have personality. Yeah. They actually have like characteristics that you want to invest into. Yeah. You're just used to the locust yelling like filthy human and charging down and that's it. Or like grind and and that's it. So it's cool to see like. The inner workings of the Locust and the Lambent War. You didn't really get to see the Lambent War at all either in the comic books or in the the video games. And it, it's only four issues long, but I'm all about it. I'm excited. Awesome. I like Perfect it. score. Greg's handed out a few of those on the show. Three or four. So. I'm very generous. You're a nice guy. <laughs> but then I've also handed out some pretty low ones lately. Like, Turok, I'm telling you, it was, I, would, I would give it a 17. Just mentally grading it, 17. <laughs> oh, my God. Low-hanging fruits. That's right. Yeah, so good. So, I mean... What question for you guys too? While while we're at it, real quick, how important when we're like doing these video game esque uh, comic books? How important is it that they that they stick to uh, the stories that are presented, or they actually like they they feel familiar to the the story? Because because we've I've read some comic books too, like um, Sonic the Hedgehog sometimes get out gets off on tangents, and there's been other books that don't feel like they're in the video game. Uh, that that Tomb Raider one you you read a couple weeks ago uh, did not feel video game esque as this one did. So I mean, what what are you guys' thoughts on that? I think it depends on the game for me. Like this Gears one, the mm-hmm. Gears story is super personal, super well done, and honestly, like I think it it doesn't need a lot of changing. So I think it's super important that it sticks close to it. Where Mega Man, on the other hand, like if I would have read that, I would have been fine with some wacky, crazy story, like yeah. Super Mario, something weird, like where it doesn't have such a strict universe. I'd right. be fine with something a different take at it. Where Gears, like, I think it needs to stick to the take that it has. Okay, yeah. I would agree, especially um, with the source material I read. God of War, I think it really did a good idea 
of filling in the gaps that the yeah. game left out. Like, there's a lot of questions that were left unanswered right. when the games were complete. But I feel like the, at least from the first two that I've read, they really, like, filled in some serious yeah. gaps that I was, like, hoping for. I was like, what's happening? Why didn't I never Glad get these answers? Glad I hit him in comic book form and not DLC form? <laughs> Dude, well, I would have had to download that DLC. <laughs> yeah. uh, I need to know what happens. So, But, yeah, for sure. Very good. All right. Yeah, Kay, you guys have something to say? Chris? Yeah. Uh, just, well, I mean, for mine, like, yeah, this felt like a Tomb Raider game. Like, her, like, escaping the Egyptian I pharaoh. Felt, felt, that sort of thing? Yeah, that's spot and, on. Because, like, she fights, like, a mini-boss, a mini-boss, and then defeats the main boss, finding, like, a relic. It right. Pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, it's, the the one you read a couple weeks ago felt like the, almost the movie. Closer the movie, to the movie. felt like a Blade comic, you know, like, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It was a little different. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, uh, my mic and had nothing to say. <laughs> yeah. Stole my mic and it had no thunder. <laughs> I'm gonna show you the thunder and the lightning. Okay, anyway, but yeah, uh, the sons of thunder, sons of thunder. <laughs> ben and Nick. Okay, all right. Uh, we gonna have a band. Sons of thunder. Let <laughs> you wonder. Seven wonder. Okay, all right. but yeah, seven. I'm gonna play the devil's advocate in this one and say that when. When I, I'm not going to say that I don't want to completely have the video game storyline in there, but I already played the video game. So now I'm looking for this outside material to give me extra material yeah. or source on just like when I read The Devil May Cry, um, it, I pretty much knew everything about it except for the uh, Nello Angelo thing or the Nello Angelo scene right. and uh, certain little interactions. But I want to find out like the little secret criteria, you know, or not the secret criteria, the secret um, characteristics, you know, the secret uh, storyline or what they did on the off adventure, yeah. you know, that that all tied together that made that it makes sense, you know, just like the gear story. Like I knew that they were fighting and focused on like the locusts and the humans and the other side and there's so many sides, yeah. you know, it's the octagon in there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much it's like. I didn't know that those characters... I didn't even know, like, Locust... I knew that Locust had personality, but you didn't know if they enjoyed things. You didn't yep. know if they were, like, you know, what individual personality... Like, one likes battle, and one of them likes living more than he likes battle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> one of them is thinking about, like, the whole entire, like, colony, and, you know... And the other one's thinking, like, well, if, if he doing some dumb-ish, I'm gonna just cut him, you know? <laughs> You know, it's 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 a lot of human characteristics that's involved in that, and I was thoroughly like captured and impressed. So like, I'm looking for or like this Mortal Kombat one. Like, I didn't know that they was looking for like a book of Tao Young Kwang or whatever. <laughs> you know, you know what I meant. General Sao Chicken. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kung Pao. I don't and, remember the cartoon. What? Yeah, I remember Defenders the USA. The, I remember the Defenders, USA Network live action. Defenders of the Realm. Yeah. It was a cartoon. It was remember, for very long. Remember Conquest? What, what, what channel? Conquest. Played it? Yeah. Oh Christ, I can't. Because I was like a Fox Kids kid. You, I think it so was. I don't think I saw. W, it. Was it? No. Yo, it was on ABC Family. I think. I don't know, but I remember I Defenders of the Outworld. Defenders of the Realm, I think it was. Defenders of the Realm, I think it was the Yeah, Because I, yeah, I remember specifically remember. the episode with Scorpion. He was, like, struggling with, like, the inner side of himself. Yeah. And then, like, they had to fight him. And then, like, they thought they defeated him. He, he just ended up dipping off and disappearing. Yeah. I'll return one day. when something crazy. It is Defenders of the Realm. Okay. 
Right. It came out in 96. It only lasted from September to December. <laughs> yeah. It was very short. <laughs> that's depressing. And there was a World they Combat get... animated movie, too. Yeah. That's Yes, that's right. I think, it was, I think it was 3D. It, was, it might have been 3D animation. I can't remember because I've seen some stuff before. Well, what was the movie? The movie was, what, 96, 97 as well? Yeah, it came out after MK3. Yeah. So and, and I think it was like 96. the live action series was a little shortly after that. Conquest. I remember that one. It, it, yeah, it lasted maybe a season or two. Yeah, I, so. I used to watch that early in the morning too. They did have an art show, or not like an art show, but like a martial arts performance show. Kind of like a Disney on Ice, but they did have that for a little while, Fun, too. Following funny that. story. So, in Mortal Kombat, the, the, and this is really... I mean, you guys are wrestling fans, too, so you'll appreciate this. When Mortal Kombat was getting huge, Vince was like, Ah, oh, karate! Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I listened to this on Pritchard's thing, and he put Bruce Pritchard in charge, and they were going to do a live-action, like... They were going to run a karate, like, live-action Saturday morning show. Really? People would do kung fu against each other and stuff like that. It just, it fell through, Bruce said, but, like, yeah, they were casting people, like, casting these, like, world-talented, really? like, black belts and this and that because Mortal Kombat and Street That's Fighter were, were blowing up. Vince McMahon is a tool bag. <laughs> Instead, Instead, we got Glacier. <laughs> we were in the same place on that. Well, that was Bischoff. Bischoff's a big Glacier. He's he a is. genius. That's so my cool. my thing is is you know, and <laughs> we're now we're talking wrestling. The blood runs cold. I don't get what all the characters are supposed to be. Glacier's obviously supposed to be Sub Zero, and Mortis. I guess you know he's um a uh, serpent or whatever. A reptile. A reptile. Yeah. yeah. But 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 whatever. <laughs> But what the hell was Raph supposed to be? I don't know. I don't know anymore. And uh, Ernest and Miller was he like I don't know. Like I'm confused. Jax, did, did you I, I did know. you think that Sting was a good representation of the Crow? Oh yeah. Oh. Later. Let, Later. Uh, I will say this: Crow <laughs> Sting, everybody remembers, and it's what he did for 20 years. But. There is nothing better to me because the first wrestler I fell in love with was a man called Sting. Woo, woo. Okay. A man called Sting. He does this. He does that. Okay. He's so, as quick as a ball. So you are, you a whole as mark. He a whole mark. I didn't unleash the dragon. He Super came through. Sting for life, baby. So good. <laughs> All right, everybody. Christian Caddy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Faux show. We appreciate you guys. I don't appreciate y'all. Okay. Playing, I love y'all. <laughs> we love you too. We're about to fight. Uh, <laughs> Let the Mortal Kombat begin then. <laughs> yeah, every every Friday you can hear Christian Caddy and myself on the Push Start Podcast where we talk video games all the time. It's a different topic, maybe a console, maybe a game series, maybe it's a theme, something. Uh, always a good conversation. Um, and as usual, you know, on behalf of Chris. Greg and myself, we thank you for listening to the panel discussion every week on Mondays right here on the BICBP Radio Network. Talk to you next week. <laughs>